Jesus. Amen. Amen. You already know you can be seated if you didn't know. So it is awesome to share the word of God with you. And I've got to uh, tell you that God has laid this on my heart to challenge you. And he's also challenged me with this scripture we will read in Psalm 91. Uh, what's interesting about this is it, it was actually a podcast I heard early December that started talking about the secret place. And that just started getting my brain a spin in on, I want to look up everything in scripture about secret place, secret, secrecy, all of these things. I just started doing a big word study. And um, God knew that he was prepping me because I had no idea what was in front of me. And um, I remember, so on December 8th, I got a phone call, or actually a text, that Rosemary Reed had fell, she broke her leg, and uh, she was unresponsive, and she was in ICU, and she also had a, a brain bleed, and the family was calling me in, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going, uh, so at 8 a.m., I, I came to the church, and I don't know if you know this, but I have a funeral booklet, and people that are prepared and know what they want... They get to meet with me, and they plan out everything. Rosemary, in 2017, sat me down and told me exactly what she wanted. And so I had my marching orders, right? And I don't know if you know this, but we plan everything. Plan your funeral. It's one of the best things you can plan. But, side note, that was a commercial brought to you by the FBC. Okay. So uh, I opened up the book to look at her Rosemary Reed's funeral prep. Guess what it was? Psalm 91. And I'd been just studying and thinking about the secret place. And I was like, this is Rosemary's, the whole chapter uh, was her chapter. She had told me multiple stories about it, and I just hadn't connected it until that moment. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I get to go talk to Rosemary. It might be the last time I get to talk to her. She's unresponsive, so I know I, I won't, she won't talk back. And, um, and, and you'll know why in a little bit. But I was so pumped that God had prepped me for this moment that I, on the way down to Iowa City, I'm like, memorize Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shadow of the Most High will, or he who, see, I can't do it now. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty, right? So I had prepped, prepped, and what the family didn't know is that as soon as I got to Iowa City, I walk in, and there's a check. Like, what are you here for? Oh, I'm here to visit Rosemary Reed. Are you family? No. Uh, she's in the ICU. He got on the phone. She's in the ICU. You can't go in. You're not family. I'm like, oh, well, I'm clergy. I'm going to pray for her. He's like, oh, okay, it's her pastor. Can he come in? And like, yeah, okay, here's a badge. Go to floor three, right? I'm like throwing out the pastor card or I got to just come home. And so there, what you don't know is like, that's a little bit of pride, right? Like, yeah, let me in here. You don't know who you're messing with, right? Je Jesus is on my team, you know? So, so I get up to floor three. There's a receptionist who just looks mad that she's there and she's going to take it out on me. What do you want? I'm like, you know, I'm here to visit Rosemary Reed. Are you family? 
no, you can't go in. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pray for her. I'm uh, clergy visit. You know, she's like, oh. Room 13 down the hall. You can see it from here. Head on down. So, you know, here's another pastor card. A little bit of pride. Uh, get to walk in. All of her kids are sitting there. There's five family members. And uh, I'm like, oh, Rosemary, I know you can hear me. And I'm going to tell you your favorite verse. And I did it just like I did with you guys. He who has a shadow is like, you know, McNuggets. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I just said, I said, oh, Rosemary, I messed it all up. You know, and they told me she was unresponsive. And she started to laugh at me. <laughs> she hadn't said a word for like a day. So then we're all crying because we get to hear her laughing at me, pastor, <laughs> pastor messing up the verse. Here's the crazy thing. In my, I even had a New Testament with Psalm and Proverbs in my pocket. I had a cheat sheet and I didn't use it. Anyway, okay. So I'm standing there, and I said, Rosemary, you did it again. I'm in your presence. I'm thinking, I'm not going to receive the prayer and the blessing that this woman has always given me. And she did it again. She blessed me with laughter. I'm like, Rosemary, you did it again. I didn't think I was going to get any response from you. And she laughed again. <laughs> and the family's like, keep going. Whatever you're to keep going. <laughs> and and it was so precious, they said that that was a gift that God brought them to hear her laugh. And joy was the best medicine in that moment because from that moment on, she was responsive the rest of the time. The last time, and yeah, oh, thanks God. Him and I planned this mistake, y'all, right? <laughs> like, Beth Pastor, yeah, right. It's like he humbles you real quick. But here's the cool thing. The last time I saw her, they were strumming in her room. It was live. Somebody was playing the guitar. I thought at the door it was on the radio. I walk in, there's a concert, and they're singing Amazing Grace in her presence, and she's there with her eyes shut singing with them. And I thought, Rosemary's in the secret place. She, no matter what's coming at her, she's praising God. She's literally on her deathbed. And she's dwelling, living in the presence of God, in a secret place. And what's so cool is she gave joy and love to everybody around her, even in those moments. So I don't know, God has been preparing me for this message since early December. Like, I'm excited to give it. I wasn't even supposed to. But what's God? God is in control, and I love it. And then how many of you know that I'm also weird? So as I was, now, now we're getting there. Okay, thanks for raising your hand. I didn't ask for participation there. Okay. So as I was doing the study, it's so beautiful that the secret place is in the psalm. There's a beautiful secret place, and God calls it the womb in psalms, where babies are developed. This is what I was mentioning, life. Do you know that in the womb, as babies are being developed, this, this eye, all of our eyes, are just one piece of skin, both of them. But in the womb, something comes in and cuts the eye open, and there's no scalpel, there's no knife. 
God says he knits us together in our mother's womb. There's no knife, there's nothing, but how do all of our eyes open? And that's God knitting you together. If you can open your eyes and see me right now, God made you. And then this is where my weird comes in. If God knitted me together, I'm his ugly sweater. <laughs> like, he won the ugly sweater contest. But then if I'm it, you're laughing. You, he knit you together, too. Okay, that's, that's all free. <laughs> Let's stand, church. Let's move in our word to Psalm 91 and unpack what God wants to share with us. It's page 588 if you have your Bible. Psalm, uh, the Bible in the chair. Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, I know the ESV says shelter, so the New King James on your screen actually says the secret place, so I'm going to read that one too. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for Your Word and Your truth. Lord, we thank you for this shelter, this secret place that you're calling us to. And Lord, help us each to know that you're calling us into your presence, into your love, into your care. And Lord, as we're in there, may we fill up on you and pour out to every single one around us. May we be your people your church. Challenge us, speak to our hearts, and draw us near, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So in sharing these two versions, uh, the ESV and the NKJV, when we talk about one says shelter and the other one says secret place, I want you to know like we can wrestle. That's quite a bit different. But as I was eating lunch yesterday, I was talking to my family, and I'm like, hey, kids, let's talk about the sermon. And you know what? They're like, yay, Dad, that means we're in it, right? And so <laughs> I get hassled everywhere I go. But uh, with that being said, I was like, hey, so tell me, where would you hide? If someone was breaking in, if someone was coming in, where would you hide? What's the secret place? And what was fun is to hear where that was. And then they asked me, and I'm not going to share their spot. That's family matters. Okay. <laughs> they asked me, Dad, where would you hide? And I'm thinking, like in the fridge? <laughs> you know? At least there's some snacks while I'm hiding. Or the, the shower? I mean, where do I fit? You know, just... <laughs> I mean, like, there's, I'm not going into the dryer, so... But I said, no, you guys hide. I'm going to introduce somebody to my little friend. So... That's Scarface. Thanks. No, never mind. Don't cut that out. Okay. So with that, I want you to know that like there's a secret place that our, all of our family would go hide, 
But then we started going, okay, what if there's a tornado? Where do you go? And right away, like, we go to the basement where you have the wood on a hinge that covers the glass so we don't get shards in our head when it, you know, the tornado's coming. Anyway, we're prepped, right? I'm like, okay, where do you go for that? Where do you go? And uh, everybody knew where we're going, but I want you to know, here's, here's the point. Whether you want to say shelter or secret place, they're both in my home. They're both there. I got secret places. I got secret things. But I have a shelter. I have a refuge. And this is what the scripture's telling us. He who dwells. Dwells means living, moving, have your being. I mean, if you dwell in the presence, in the secret place, in the shadow, in the most high, the Bible is clear that to live there. Hmm. You know what my issue is? Jesus tells me in John 15, before I tell you my issue, that if I abide in him, if I live in him, then he lives in me. But here's my issue. I just do a drive-through, Jesus. Jesus, I just want to hang out with you for a little bit and drive, drive through like a drive-up and get my, you know, heaven McNuggets and you just fill me up for a moment and I'm just going to keep cruising and doing my own thing. That's not dwelling in the secret place. Sometimes we come close to it, we, we're near it, but do we live and move and have our being in that secret place? And that's what he's challenging us. You have to answer that for yourself. Do I live in the secret place? For 2024, here's your t-shirt. We need more of Jesus. We need more in 24. That, yeah. Here's the cool thing about the secret place, and that's what I'm going to call it from the NKJV. We're all invited in. You're invited. I don't know what that scripture was, but you're invited in. It's like squirrel. Okay. You're invited into the secret place of the Most High. Sometimes when I think about that secret place, I'll get certain views in my head now of like, oh, is this it? Is this the secret place? My prayer for you is that each of you will take one step towards God, towards the secret place. I'm praying for some of you, you're all in, and you want to live there, you want to dwell there, you want to move there, you want to have your being right there. But I can tell you, when we start talking about secret places, we can think of Old Testament characters. And this is participation time, so shout it out. Got it? Front row friends? Okay. Where was Noah's secret place? Oh, you nailed it. Ark. This isn't trick questions. You can just shout out what you think, and then I'll tell you. He prepared for that secret place for 150 years. That was his shelter, his fortress. But he trusted God. They hadn't even seen rain. They didn't know what it looked like. All right, where was Mo the first time Moses went and met with God? He's going to get the two tablets. Where was that secret place? 
the mountain, Sinai, some of you are saying the name of it. Yeah, so do you know that God developed that mountain in a dark cloud? He said, don't let animals, don't even come and touch it. Anybody that comes near this secret place is going to die. And all of Israel's like, Moses, you go talk to him. See, let's see if he comes down, right? I mean, after 40 days, they went and did their own thing. And they think, well, he's dead. Okay. Think about Daniel. Where was his secret place? How many want to sign up for that tour? Surrounded. But had an intimacy with God right there. Every lion walking around you. And, and I want to tell you that we disassociate with Oh, Daniel and, Mo and all those guys did something else. And God's saying, no, I'm calling you into a secret place because you're surrounded. Because your life is in danger. There are lions and wolves and everything ready to devour. The Bible says that the lion is roaring around, seeking whom he may devour. That's you and I. We're surrounded. Do you run to your secret place or are you just hanging out there for a little bit? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep, fiery furnace. I like barbecue, but I don't want to be it. But that was their secret spot. They met Jesus incarnate in the Old Testament. He's walking with them. That nothing was touched but the ropes on him. Do you see church Family, when you're in the secret place, what do you have to fear? What are you worrying? Some of these stories, they come through broken. Some of you have that type of heart right now, broken. I got to share Friday that God draws near to the brokenhearted. God saves the crushed in spirit. Some of the surrounding around your heart is crushed. Some of it is broken. And you know what? You've got to run to the secret place. You've got to be in it. Don't just drive by. Just, just here, Here's what abide means. To sit. Live. Sit. How many of you have a favorite chair in your house? This is my chair. Don't sit in it. Raise your hand. I'm not coming to your house, okay, because I will sit in your favorite chair and get my gear on it. That sounded weird, but okay. What I want you to know, God's calling you. That chair, is that your secret place with God? Did you invite him in there? You have a spot, of a place that you actually meet with him? to sit and to talk. That secret place is a big deal. Here's the most secret place in Israel. Every Jew knew that they could not go. Does anybody know what the secret place for a nation was? Holy of Holies. So this is the tabernacle where they worship God. There was the outer court so everybody could come in, right? There was the inner court where it was behind closed curtains. In there was bread and light and 
Only priests could go into that one. Then there's one more. The Holy of Holies. Only one priest, one time a year, could go in. And you know what? God said, this is how you're going to enter my presence. He said, you get a lamb and sacrifice it for yourself so that you can even go in there because you're not holy. You're not perfect. So the, then he gets the lamb that sacrificed for him. He puts on the ephod and the turban and the blood in a basin, and he's got to put it on his right ear, his thumb, and his right toe. And then he also has bells on his robe so he can constantly move around and hear chinga, 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 because on his leg is a rope. When he's in here, he's like, chinga, chinga, chinga. And he's going to put the blood on the altar in the Holy of Holies. And if they stop, if they hear that the bell is gone, he's dead. Pull him out. God doesn't change. He's perfect. And he's holy. Well, there ain't shouldn't be a heart that thinks that they can just come in any way they want. See, at Jesus' death, he took that holy, holy curtain and he tore it in half. Jesus becomes the curtain in which we enter. It's the only way. Jesus said it. No one comes into the Father, into the holy, holies, unless they come through Jesus. You're invited. There's a sweet place to hang out with God who's perfect. And what's cool is God doesn't lower his standard and say, oh, I'm going to launch a bunch of flubs in. And yeah, come on in, everybody. No, God sends his son to die for the imperfect to make us perfect so that we can enter. But that's the curtain. Do you know Jesus? Do you have him? Has he entered your heart and sprinkled the blood in here? Because as soon as you walk into God's presence, that's the secret place. And he who lives there abides in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, to us, that might not mean anything, but to every Jew, you know what that meant? I'm walking in a desert. It's hot. You know what I need? Okay, I'll back it up. Participate this time. I'm walking through a desert. It's hot. You know what I need? Okay, I need water. That's the water that flowed from the rock. You know what else I need from the sun? Shade. You ever been in the shadow? Jonah, he was so ticked that the shadow that the plant gave him, that gave him rest from the heat, he was so mad about the plant, God rebuked him. You're more mad about being out from underneath that shadow than you are of thousands of people dying. There's a shadow. God, God covered them. God gave them water. God gave them a shadow to walk in. He covered them. Do you dwell there in his presence? I heard a comedian. He's, this is a commercial. I heard a comedian, and this reminded me. Uh, he's like 6'3", like 300 pounds. He went to the zoo, and he said it was 120. There was no shade, so they decided to get an ice cream. And he's looking around, and he's like, where's my son? 
he lost his son. He's calling the zoo people. He's like, hey, management, you've got to go look. He's wearing a blue shirt. And they were standing in front of him. And he's like, striped blue shirt? Yeah. Jeans? Yeah. Flip-flops? Yep. He's standing right behind you. He's like, he is back there. What are you doing? He's like, Dad, it's so hot. I needed your shadow. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> you and Leo get it. My son gets it, too. Like, Dad, don't move. I want to stay cool. Like, okay, yep, there's my shadow. See, but that's how close you are to your dad. <laughs> I'll let you calm down, then I'll move on. Dwelling in the secret place, the shadow of the Most High. 2024. It's here. The cool thing, we're all invited in. I'm going to move and talk to you about how Jesus wants you to take a step towards him. In fact, the Sermon on the Mount, so I'm headed to Matthew chapter 5. Go there with me. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts to teach every person, how do you live? How do you live, move, and have your being? And guess what, family? It's not what you think. Your ways are not his ways. Your thoughts are not his. He is far above us. And so Jesus starts to unpack, if you want to live in the shelter of the Most High, this is how you start to align your life. And for 2024, let's align ourselves with him. More of him. More in 24. So Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to start it in verse 43. All the way near the end. Here's the heading. Love your enemies. I failed. What? Right away, the heading's like, okay, Lord, what? Really? And then it, he, I'm going to read it, 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you, and listen, may be sons, daughters of your Father who is in heaven. Whoa. I want to love my enemy because I want to be God's son. And I can tell you, I wrestle with this. I mean, most of the time, I'm pretty cool with not having an enemy. But within this month, there's posts on Facebook that I'm not fit to be a pastor and I should be removed. And you know what? I know the guy who posted. I know the guy who I am that. You want to wrestle? And then God lets me drive by him. Like, thank you, Lord, for this holy meeting. No, I was putting my hand on the window to tell him he's number one. Right? I was like, I was ready to pull the window down, and God's like, don't you do it. My ways are not, I'm just being real. I'm still a pastor, but I got to drive by this person and just froze. Like, Lord, help me. And I drove home. I didn't even stop, didn't roll down the window, thought that was a victory, right? This pastor's cool. God wasn't done sitting at the table and I'm wrestling. I'm like, Lord, I don't want 
I don't want to do what you're putting in my heart to do. And he's, he's wrestling with me. How do I tell you to love your enemies? Oh, I'm supposed to pray for them? I'm supposed to bless them? What? Okay, uh, what? It's cold out. Okay, it's cold. What, what should I do? Uh, all right, I'm going to go get him a cup of coffee. And no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just going to leave it alone, right? And I'm wrestling at the table. I'm wrestling with it. Finally, how many of you know when you wrestle, it hurts until God wins? When God wins and you start to let him just, okay, pin me, I'm going to McDonald's to get some coffee. The cool thing is, is that's all I wanted to give that person, right? I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll get him a coffee, yep, yeah. But help change my heart to love him like you would, right? Like, I know you want me to love him. And hopefully you guys are enjoying yourselves that my wrestling is bringing you in, I don't know. And so I'm at McDonald's buying a coffee, and guess what happens? They're changing out the apple pies. Hey, everybody at the counter, you get free apple pie. Who wants one? Not me. I'm going to see my enemy. <laughs> like, doggone it, give me an apple pie. Right? And then here, this is how you know it's God and not me, not my thinking. So please, I'm not boasting. God is wrestling me in. Yeah, I'm going to give him that apple pie for you. But guess what? Somebody also gave me $20 between wrestling and getting there. Oh, Lord, you want to give this to him too? So here, the only thing I wanted to give this guy was a cup of coffee, and now he's got 20 bucks and an apple pie, everything of which I wanted that day. <laughs> I'm just being honest. And I pull up to him, and I think he'd rather have fought me. But then when I handed him the coffee, the money, and the pie, he just said thank you. But bowed his head because he knew he was my enemy. And I drove away and I said, Lord, your scripture is true. That when you love them, you pour coals of fire on their head. That is God. You're pouring love. And it broke that man. But God had to break me first. And so if I'm going to hang out in the secret place, God's going to break you and tell you to do some things you wish you would never do. Loving your enemy? God's like, yeah, Seth, if you want to fellowship with me, you go bless them. No, just let me hang with you, God. We don't need him at all. Just... What are you wrestling with that God needs to win? Have you been kicked out of the secret place? I want to live there. I don't want to just stop in every now and then. But God's going to have us do some things that are unnatural. You know why? Because they're supernatural and I can't do it without God. The next one, Jesus doesn't stop here with just enemies. Look at six. I'm going to skip to just give you the verse. This one is about giving. Uh-oh, here we go. It says, chapter 6, verse 2. When you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet before you as hypocrites do. Guess who's the hypocrite in the room? In the synagogues, in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you that you've received their reward, or they've received their reward. 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left know what your right hand is doing, so that giving may be in what, church? If you got your Bible, you can yell it out. It's an open book test. When you give in secret, your father sees it and rewards you. Now, I just lost my reward because I've told you about giving publicly. There's no reward in heaven. But I know that's what God's laying on my heart to show you that we're all wrestling with the same thing. I don't want to give it. And he says, don't make an announcement. Hey, I gave something to somebody and that's your reward. Do this so quietly, nobody even knows. Where'd this come from? Give in secret. You know why? Because you want to live in secret with the Most High. He gets the glory. When I do it in secret, no one knows. But they, you know what they get to do? They get to praise God and not the person. Isn't that sweeter? Some of you are wrestling with that. Like, no, I want everybody to know I'm good. Don't give him a secret flat tire. That's not what God's talking. I know, I think the same way sometimes. But God, wrestle that out with God. All right, 6, verse 5, chapter 6. It says, uh-oh, here we go. When you pray, go to 6, verse 5. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, They've received their reward, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Church, you want to draw near? Do it privately. Talk to Him. Pray. Highest form of communication. Talk. Talk to the Lord. Tell him your fears. Tell him your struggles. Step into the secret place and have a conversation. I know I got to have a lot of conversations with folks that are struggling, but you know what? When you're in the secret place and you're surrounded, your power is right there. I talked to a person that they had given up alcohol and they were battling with uh, just having family members this Christmas that are drinking. You're surrounded. But are you in the secret place and safe? And there was a victory. There was no, nobody fell off. But we're surrounded every day with temptation, with struggle. And the devil knows what each of ours is, and he wants to surround you. But if you're not in the secret place, you will not have the power. Run in. Lord, I am powerless at this moment, help me overcome this. He has the power and the strength. Moving on to the next one. The Lord keep Jesus is keep preaching. And the next one is verse 14. Jesus shares with us the secret of praying in that secret place. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. When I'm hanging out in the secret place, God forgives me just so I can be in his presence. But he expects each of us, if we're going to stay there, 
Hand out what he just gave you. Mercy. Forgiveness. If I don't, I don't get to hang out with him. Because now I'm not forgiven and I can't come in. I can't come into the secret place. I can't pour out on anyone in my life, including my wife, my kids, or anyone, because I'm kicked out. There's bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. And he says, if you want to come in here, we got to deal with that. When the Father sees it in secret, he will reward you. The last one, and nobody wants to hear this for 24, but it's about fasting. <laughs> yeah. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 2024, here's the new fad, intermittent fasting. Don't do it. Do it the way God tells us to in his word. Isaiah 58 tells you the right and wrong fast. The fast for a Christian is to strike the face of wickedness. You hear that? The fast for a Christian is to draw near to God and strike the face of wickedness. But where is it? Right here and right here. Do you know that I'm so weak in my flesh, and you are too? Try not to go without a cheeseburger for a day. Anything for a day. And you know what? You'll be in the secret place, but you'll sell it for a burger. You'll run away from the secret place because we are weak. We need the substance. And when we fast, we're striking wickedness in our own hearts, our own minds. And I've tried, and God knows I've sold it for just a piece of gum. And failed. But is it even a practice? It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast. When you pray. When. When are we going to do it, church? When are we running to the secret place? It's the only hope that any of us have. The Bible tells us in Isaiah. He says, come in, my people. Come into the place. Shut the door. Because I'm about to go out and unleash something that has never been. He's inviting you all in. It's not safe out here. It's death. We're surrounded by lions and wolves. Run to him. Even if you're broken. He's got hope. He's got love. He's my refuge and my strength. My hope. My deliverer. My God. My rock. <laughs> I pray that one of these put it into play. Step towards the secret place. Draw near towards the secret place. The last part of this, in verse 33, chapter 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all these things to you. When you're in that secret place, you're seeking him first. He says, Seek him and he'll add to you. You know what he adds? Food, clothing, shelter. Everybody seeks after those things. But if you seek after the Lord, he'll provide those things. 
Seek him first. I'm going to have the band come up and ask the church that you just bow your heads. Have a moment. Close your eyes. 2024 is coming. God is calling you to the secret place. To that inner court where he dwells. Are you going to live there with him? Do it in your giving. Your father will see it. Pray in secret. Your father sees it. Fast in secret. He sees it. Tell him you're broken in secret. He already knows it. Tell him you need help. He's near to the brokenhearted. And he saves those that are crushed in spirit. God is the secret place. Jesus is the way in. Don't drive by this year. Sit down. Live there. Rest there. Be made whole there. Father, we thank you for being our refuge, our place to run our fortress. Thank you for being such an amazing God. We trust you. In that trusting, you get full reign. Whatever you let into the secret place will praise you. And whatever comes out of the secret place will praise you there too. Help us not to form an opinion whether we think it's good or not. Help us to just trust you that you're making all things good. Thank you for being an amazing God and calling us in and inviting us deeper. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, the altars open. Anybody that'd like to do any business with the Lord, he's calling you. And then after we sing, we're going to call up the Smith family. We're going to pray um, for Austin and Corey. They're going to go through a kidney transplant. And we just want to pray for him and praise God for the outcome now because he already knows what it is. And we're going to praise him now and afterward. All right, let's stand and sing.